Pushkin. Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill-building courses for you to choose from because the steps you choose to take today will help you love what you do in the future. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. When I'm just walking around the world day to day, there are all the obvious we need to solve this problem to deal with climate change kinds of problems that I notice, that everybody notices. You know, all the cars people are driving, all the old buildings using heating oil, all the airplanes flying overhead. But on top of those in-my-face, in-our-face things, there are other things that are less obvious but also very big and very important. Like, for example the fertilizer that's used to grow the food we eat. Turns out the standard way to make fertilizer is to take natural gas, which is basically just carbon and hydrogen, use the hydrogen to make ammonia, which makes fertilizer, and essentially release the carbon into the atmosphere in the form of carbon dioxide. A huge amount of carbon dioxide goes into the atmosphere every year because of fertilizer, which means that even the most goody-two-shoes, vegan, plant-based meal can contribute to climate change. Unless, you probably see where this is going, we could figure out a way to make fertilizer without that very annoying part where we release tons of carbon into the air as carbon dioxide. We would never notice the difference in our daily lives, but it would be a really big deal for the world. I'm Jacob Goldstein, and this is What's Your Problem, the show where I talk to people who are trying to make technological progress. My guest today is Rob Hansen. He's the co-founder and CEO of a company called Monolith. Rob's problem is this. How do you separate hydrogen from natural gas without emitting carbon dioxide into the atmosphere? And how do you do it at scale in a way that makes economic sense? What is the sort of basic, cheap, mass industrial scale way to uh, get hydrogen now? You take steam and you take methane and you heat them up together really hot. And the oxygen from the water in the steam reacts with the carbon and the methane to make CO2, liberates a bunch of energy. All the rest of the hydrogen is converted to free hydrogen. And so 
you get hydrogen from both water and methane, but the energy that's being put into that chemically is the carbon reacting with the oxygen to form CO2. So so the, the basic idea here is you got methane, you got natural gas, which is essentially hydrogen and carbon, and you want to find some way to separate the hydrogen and the carbon without sending that carbon into the atmosphere, right? That's what you're trying to figure out. And at some point, you discover the work of this French scientist named Laurent Foucheri. Uh, and he has an idea for how to do this. So, so tell me about that. How do you how do you wind up working with him? And so I just emailed him. I mean, I still I look at that email every uh-huh. once in a while. I just emailed him from the email address on the scientific paper, and he responded. And then Pete and I flew to France, and we met him. And, and the moment was we'd done lots of this, right? We met lots of professors or researchers, and usually they'd have a paper, and maybe they'd have like a poster of what they did. And Laurent started there. He described his work. And then he's like, do you guys want to see the reactor? Ah. And we're like, what do you mean the reactor? He's like, well, I'll go show you the reactor. So we go, and it's like this thing out of a science fiction movie. It's in a room. It's maybe six feet tall. It's got wires and tubes coming out of it. And we're like, whoa, this is incredible. And then he says, do you want me to turn it on? <laughs> and we're like, sure. And so it gives us head, you know, earplugs and dark glasses and this like flurry of French researchers kind of comes around. So he gives you the glasses. Why? When he turns it on, what happens? So he turns on. So what drives this process, right? You're using electricity to heat methane to incredible temperatures. Well, the way you do that is with what's called a plasma torch. Sounds cool. Yeah. Imagine a like a, a combustion burner, like a flame, even a gas stove, right? Where you're burning okay. a combustion. Yeah. It's It looks like that, but instead of uh, being fire, it's a plasma generated by an electric discharge, and he has a, a view hole through that you can actually uh-huh. see it. And so it's like lightning inside of this reactor. And it's purple because it was a nitrogen plasma. And wow. it's loud and bright and incredible. <laughs> and it's doing the thing you want to do. Yeah, it's it's heating, you know, gas to very high temperature using 100% electricity with no combustion. And what you get out is hydrogen and carbon black? Yep, that's right. So tell me about carbon black. All right, so it's solid carbon, but as most people know, not all solid carbon is created equal. You've got graphite, uh, diamonds are pure carbon, right? Very different than graphite. And then carbon black is another form of pure carbon. And when you zoom in on it with an electron microscope, it looks like a bunch of grapes. So there's these spheres of carbon that are nanometers, maybe 10 to 50 nanometers. And then they fuse together into what looks like a bunch of grapes. And that's really important because that structure when you mix it, and they discovered this around World War One, if you mix that carbon structure into rubber, it dramatically reinforces it. And so if you huh. think of a pencil eraser, that's rubber without any reinforcing carbon black. And then if you think of the tread of your tire, that's got highly reinforcing carbon black. And okay. you couldn't really make a modern car tire out of uh, erasers, but you absolutely can out of carbon black filled rubber. So is Laurent part of the company? Yeah. Yeah, I, I talk to Laurent every week, pretty much. Um, he has, for 10 years, been a big part of it. We, we, we have a research partnership. We still run that pilot reactor in his lab, doing uh-huh. kind of experimental work because it's, it's small. Uh, our, our commercial reactor in Nebraska is 100 feet tall. Um, okay. It's giant. You know, Laurent's is six feet. Uh, he's, you know, an equity holder in the company. Um, just an awesome guy. Like I said, we were right. We got super lucky and 
he was the real deal. So, so how did you turn Laurent's idea, how did you turn this thing you saw in his lab into Monolith, into this company you have now? Yeah. So, so we have a saying at Monolith, which is, we don't do things because they are easy. We do things because we thought they would be easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so his system operates at three kilograms per hour of production. And uh, now we've spent the last 11 years going from three kilograms per hour up to 1,500. We literally just hit the 1,500 kilograms per hour in the last couple of months. So a 500x increase in scale. And that was really hard. Um, and then it's not just 1,500, you know, for a minute or an hour. It's you have to be able to do it all the time. It's got to be commercially viable manufacturing process. Um, it's the classic. Had we known it was going to be this hard, we probably would have never started. But we did, and we, we've got to the other side. So I want to talk about where you are now. I want to talk about being on the other side. But before we do that, I want to go back, uh, because I've heard you talk about sort of figuring out how to found the company. Because I've heard you talk about founding the company, and in, in particular, the frame you took in figuring out what to do, like what company to found. Uh, that frame seems really interesting and really useful. Talk about that a little bit. We had this basically founding philosophy, and that is that what clean tech really needs to be is it needs to be both clean and economically advantaged. Meaning cheaper or better than other products in the marketplace right now. Your, 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 your value proposition minus your cost structure is better than everyone else's. And you can yeah. win on both it's sides. It's got to be right? a better business. Yeah, it's, it's a better be business. a better business in some way. Yeah, okay. It's, it's really easy to do something just cheaper if you have no regard for the environment, right? We've, we've seen that. Yeah. Uh, and it yeah. usually is in the you know most disadvantaged communities that bear the burden. Right. And the other side's also quite easy. And you see this, the media loves these. It's a cleaner way to do something. The second sentence is it's going to cost way more. Yeah. And it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work at scale if that's your value proposition. Now, it's okay to be more expensive or have a less total value proposition early on with a pathway yeah. to becoming. And I think, you know, PV Solar is an example of that. Yeah. Started out more expensive and then got cheaper. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Those you got to be skeptical because it's quite rare that that's actually the story. Much more right. typically, it starts out more expensive, it ends more expensive. Yeah. Um, but look, th th that's what we were searching for. Presumably, it's hard to find something that is both cleaner and cheaper, because if it existed, somebody would already be doing it, right? It's like yeah. a $20 bill lying on a sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. And so the third part is the reason that it hadn't been done to date, that's what we were searching for, was it was cleaner, it was cheaper. And the reason it hadn't been done is that the technology had not been advanced sufficiently to make it happen. In a minute, Rob talks about where Monolith is today. Spoiler alert, it includes the biggest plasma torch ever built in the history of the world. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you get there? There are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. That dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. 
How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Customers were paying too much for shaving products. So the people at Harry's came up with a way to make beautifully designed razors and sell them at lower prices. Exceptional products at honest prices. I've been using a Harry's razor the last few weeks, and it's great close shave. It's got a nice hinge, so it bends around my face in the right places. And I've used the same blade for multiple shaves, and it is still going strong. Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry. They offer a no-risk trial, and Harry's offers a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Here's a headline. Harry's has the best shave at the best price. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3.00 at harrys.com slash problem. That's harrys.com slash problem for a $3 trial set. Now, back to the show. So how big is your plasma torch? Biggest plasma torch that's ever been built. What's it look like? How big is it? How tall is it? I don't know. I don't even know what to ask. (laughs) It's measured in tons. Um, It almost looks like a, like a, big rocket engine you could say it's you know thousands uh-huh. of parts um it's i don't know, maybe 20 feet tall and use cranes to move it around let's actually talk about how it works so you have a you have a reactor now right uh and you said it's commercial scale meaning you're are you selling hydrogen and carbon black yeah we're selling the carbon black to the existing market there's a number of things that aren't public but one that is public was with goodyear um, right, big American iconic tire manufacturer. So uh, we collaborated with them, uh, and they included our carbon black in their electric drive GT tire, which is the Tesla Model Three replacement tire. Okay, um, and and that was a bit of a demo tire for them. I, I think that one was ninety percent sustainable materials. So, uh-huh. right, tires are made up of all different types of things, and the big push is to get them to be one hundred percent sustainable over time. And so that was a nice step along the way. And then we're working with other tire companies as well to reduce the carbon footprint of their of their tires. And and what about the hydrogen? Uh, the hydrogen, which I'll get into, we're sadly not selling yet, and that's because 
even though it's a commercial scale plant, uh, it wasn't big enough to, you know, justify investing in converting that hydrogen into ammonia. It would have been like the world's smallest ammonia plant. So, so this is the first unit. And, and then now that we're reaching success and this is, you know, the Department of Energy stepping in for the next stage, which is to build 12 more of those identical units at the same site. Then we'll have 13 total. Once we have 13 total, all the hydrogen from the 13 will go into a, you know, normal kind of world scale ammonia plant. So let's talk about what you still have to do and then what you still have to figure out to do the things you want to do, right? So you have this proof of concept plant, essentially, that is like, you know, you're not quite to true industrial scale yet. That's exactly, you nailed it. So we are full industrial scale reactor, but carbon black plants never have one reactor. They have right. 10, right. or in our case, we're going to do Same 15. with hydrogen, right? You're not making yeah. enough hydrogen to That's right. make it worth. So in fact, yeah. while our plant is, you know, commercial and operating, it's the world's smallest commercial carbon black plant right now. Right. And so the next step is to, to build it out. And it's that modular build out. And we decided to do 12 reactors next in two groups of six. Uh, and we're hoping to break ground on it next year. It's, you know, over a billion dollar project. We did get a conditional commitment from the Department of Energy to fund a billion dollars of debt into that project. And then we're going to raise equity from our existing shareholders, as well as probably some new ones in the new year. And that's the next step. And, and that plant will then be a true world scale manufacturing facility. Um, and we think that's, you know, the next five years is what it's going to take us to do that. What are the risks? What might go wrong? I think probably the biggest risk is, you know, it's a mega project. You say mega project, I think uh, over budget and takes forever. Yeah. And, and that's the challenge, right? Is, is how do you mitigate that risk? Um, but that's the risk. And you nailed it. It's, it's just mega projects don't have a great track record and we're doing everything we can to mitigate it. But that's the one that keeps me awake at night is you find yourself with, you know, unseasonably cold winters or unseasonably wet summers and all of a sudden it just you you've slipped on schedule oh man if the weather can screw you over that's terrifying but that's big construction right and, and that's yeah. the challenge of the energy transition that few people talk about is yeah. it's always just the technology and like don't get me wrong i've spent a decade in the technology realm i understand how hard it is but then you've actually got to build out infrastructure and like if we're giant serious, billion dollar projects that no one has ever built before anywhere ever. Yeah. And, and and if we're serious about tackling climate, like we have to rebuild a major portion of our infrastructure, yeah. our energy infrastructure and industrial infrastructure, materials infrastructure. And of course, there's risk in that. I think yeah. what we offer, um, and I think this is an important model is you need to have returns that are commensurate with that risk. So, okay, so there's the mega project. That's kind of the medium-term challenge. I mean, there's also hydrogen, right? Like, we've been talking about hydrogen and sort of where it is now, and hydrogen as this really essential input for, ultimately, fertilizer. But there's sort of a couple sides of hydrogen uh, that we haven't talked about yet that seem, like, big and interesting. Like, one is where the hydrogen is coming from, or where the natural gas, I should say, is coming from. And then the other is other potential uses of hydrogen, right? Those both seem like big ideas that you could potentially be at the center of. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, we intentionally, because we didn't want to have that risk of chicken and egg on a new hydrogen market, we started with an existing end use that's not going away. Now, going beyond that, I, I think there's going to be lots of growth in hydrogen. If we're 100 million tons today, you know, I think the 
The bulls have it at 500 million tons by pick your date. Uh, I'm maybe not quite that optimistic, but you know, do we have a couple hundred million tons of hydrogen? Probably. And um, what are what are the big drivers of growth for hydrogen demand for use yeah. of hydrogen in the next 10, 20 years? I think heavy transportation is interesting. So think of like big ships, maybe class eight trucks, which is like, you know, long haul trucking. Basically transportation that is so energy intensive that it will be very hard to electrify. And so then you'll want some alternative, clean source of power. Yeah, if you imagine a container ship going from Long Beach to Shanghai, the whole thing would be batteries (laughs) if you wanted to do it with batteries. And so you, you need a liquid fuel and you can burn ammonia. But I think there'll be some applications there. And then I think there'll be other chemical applications. The the big one that could be huge is steel, right? So steel is typically reduced with carbon. The iron ore is reduced with carbon. You make CO2, lots of it. You can reduce steel with hydrogen. And that way you only make water instead of CO2. Um, you know, that that's kind of, you got to be the cheapest possible hydrogen to play in that world because yeah. there's not any margin in the steel. Steel is just a brutal commodity business. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Or you need some kind of subsidy, you need a policy lever would be the only other way to do it, right? That's right. Yeah. So, so, you know, if, if a couple parts of those two, part of steel, part of heavy transportation, I mean, you'd see hydrogen demand double over today's. Yeah. Planes. I mean, I know it's kind of a dream, but like people are, you don't buy it. You're wincing at when I say planes. (laughs) Uh, No, I, I don't not buy it. I think, I think the most likely route for hydrogen getting into airplanes is through synthetically produced liquid hydrocarbons, which you can, like Uh CO2 plus hydrogen, you can convert into jet fuel. And so Uh that I believe. Um, Pure hydrogen, I think for shorter haul, maybe. Uh, Big planes, long distances, it's a hard problem. You need a lot of energy density. I mean, when you want a lot of energy density, it's it's hard to beat like kerosene, just really hard to beat it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is interesting, you know, given that your input is a fossil fuel, right? Yeah. Like methane, uh, like oil, is under the ground and it's from uh, whatever, 100 million years ago, like the sun grew plants and then they died and then they sat under the ground and they turned into uh, methane. Like fossil fuels are amazing in that way, right? They're like this incredible store of energy that you can use whenever you want. And yeah, and, and it's... Uh... I spend too much time thinking about deep time. <laughs> when you think about deep time, what do you think about? So I'm working on this project where uh, I, I'm just trying to do the geological time scale in the basement of my house. And so uh, I've got this line that is, you know, 45 meters long, right? And if you have a line that's 45 like meters- go, going around the sort of uh, yeah, walls- Yeah, the whole perimeter, like the, yeah. It's like, help me picture this. This is like a finished basement. It's like a rumpus room. That's what, right. What, what's going on in your basement? Okay. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And so, um, right, the, the, the age of the universe is uh, 4.5 billion years. You said the universe. Uh, I think you mean Earth. And so if you've got 45 meters, which is 45,000 centimeters- it means that each centimeter of that line is 100,000 years. Each okay. millimeter, right? Yeah. A millimeter, which is like the stroke of a pen, yeah. is 10,000 years. Love it. All of human history, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So you can then like look at this thing and be like, all of human history is the stroke of a pen on this line that extends around the entirety of 
of the room. Um, but but your point is exactly right. Wait, you think- I don't. I'm not ready to leave your basement yet. Uh, <laughs> what motivated you to draw this line? I wanted to explain to my kids how how long geological time was. That's nice. Anyways, that, that was what I was trying to do: was try to uh, explain to my kids how deep time is. But in the energy one, it's it's and relevant. Wait, did it work? Do you think your kids got a better understanding? Uh, Let's ask them in like five to 10 years. (laughs) And so do you think about deep time in relation to your work? Yes. I mean, this is the point is you made the point of what fossil fuels are is a transfer of energy through deep time that we as a species has accessed, right? And we first accessed a transfer of energy through time with like fire, right? When you, when you burn wood, you get to access a hundred years of stored energy that the tree did. When you burn coal, you get to access hundreds of millions of years of stored energy. Right. And that's been incredible. It's, it's changed our society, our planet, our way of life. Um, and that's because transferring energy through deep time is net positive. The problem is, is that when you transfer energy through deep time with combustion, you also transfer the CO2 from the ancient atmosphere that was over hundreds of millions of years drawn down in a balanced way into the atmosphere now over hundreds or a couple thousand years. And, and that that's the challenge. And so what monolith is at its core, right? We're still transferring the energy through deep time, but we're not transferring the CO2 because the carbon doesn't end up in the atmosphere. We'll be back in a minute with the lightning round. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you get there? There are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. That dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And now, a word from our sponsors at Betterment. 
It's nice to work hard some of the time, and then it's also nice to take a break. But as an investor, you want your money to be working for you all of the time. And that is what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help your money do. Betterment has automated technology, things like low-cost ETFs, which are basically cheap, efficient ways to invest. And if you're parking some of your money in cash, Betterment offers a high-yield cash account where your money can earn 11 times the national average. Betterment also offers automated rebalancing. They keep your money balanced across asset classes like stocks and bonds in the way that you want, so you're not always having to decide, oh, I need to buy some more of this or sell some more of that. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. That's the end of the ads. Now we're going back to the show. Let's close with the lightning round. What's one thing everybody should do when they visit Lincoln, Nebraska? Go to a Nebraska Cornhuskers football game or a Nebraska Cornhuskers women's volleyball game. I didn't see women's volleyball coming. Yeah. Tell me about a Nebraska Cornhuskers women's volleyball game. So the, the big news, uh, this happened just a few months ago. Uh, it's, it's one of the greatest volleyball programs in the country. But what's cool is they have a huge fan base. It's the most expensive ticket uh, huh. in, in Lincoln. More expensive and, than a football game. Mm-hmm. And uh, earlier this year, they, they decided that they were going to do a game at the football stadium. And they put over 90,000 attendees, which made it the most live-watched female sporting event in history. Full stop. All sports, all countries, all time. Which element do you like better, hydrogen or carbon? Hmm. I mean, probably hydrogen because it's in our name. Often people say, what's monolith named after? And mono is one, which is kind of the point. And so, but lith is stone and that's to represent the solid carbon. So maybe hydrogen was first, but carbon was right behind it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Kind of like on the periodic table. Mm -hmm. Um, As a mechanical engineer, what do you understand about the world? Hmm. I think I probably understand about the second law of thermodynamics more than the average person. And, and that's entropy. And that's that, you know, so you've got the first law, which is conservation of energy. And a lot of people can intuitively get that. It's neither created or destroyed. But entropy is a more interesting one where it's what sets up time and the arrow of time. And that um, there actually is no such thing as true circularity because we get older every year. Um, is and an to be clear, it's that it. entropy or disorder increases. That's right. Yeah, that's right. But by by law, it it increases, and that's actually really powerful. And it it comes to play in a lot of parts of real life. Um, well, I feel as, like at some level, it's what you're fighting, trying to build a billion dollar first of its kind mega project. Like that's right. You're trying yeah. to create a tremendously large ordered system in the face of a universal law that is fighting against you. That's right. Excellent. Um, anything else you want to talk about? No, this has been wonderful. Um, very much appreciate it. Likewise. Not many people go this deep. I don't think I've ever told the story about my basement before. So <laughs> <laughs> you pulled that one out of me. Rob Hansen is the co-founder and CEO of Monolith. 
Today's show was produced by Edith Russolo, edited by Karen Shikurji, and engineered by Sarah Bruguer. If you like the show, please tell somebody about it or review it on whatever podcast app you use. If you don't like the show, don't review it, but email us and tell us how we could make it better. You can email us at problem at pushkin.fm. I'm Jacob Goldstein, and we'll be back next week with another episode of What's Your Problem? Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is Aaron's. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at Aaron's. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.